0: This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 14. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. My name is Brett Duncan. I'm joined today by Chris Fuller. The man, the myth, the legend, or as we're going to talk about today, the man, the myth, the legacy. Oh, we're going to no. get into the legacy, oh, right? No. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we are nearing the end of kind of our chapter summaries of uh, your book, I Did Ride Leadership. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a wild ride. It's been a good journey. It is. Well, and again, I say it almost uh, every time we talk, it, it really is such a great example on so many levels on how to build strong teams, how to be a strong leader, and if you're listening to this and you haven't heard the other episodes. Um, we certainly encourage you to do that, work yeah. your way back, this is pretty much where
1: we started. I right. Think
0: we uh, <laughs> we kind of set the tone with maybe influence and some things, but then we just went in chapter by chapter. And yeah. So, uh, really excited about that, uh, and as always, we've got a great topic to, to talk about today, <laughs> and that's really, what do you do when you are at the end of this journey that you're on? Right. right. And not necessarily talking about life, although no. it could certainly apply, but think right. of, you know in terms of a project or in terms of you know th- these major initiatives when you're at the end of that journey yeah what do you do yeah you know and so in the book obviously you've gone through so much you've grown so much and there's the setting of an awards banquet uh... that you're doing which is really fun but um, you know let's talk about that for a second uh, before we dig into some of the deeper elements uh... as a leader what should you be doing to really create
1: a culture that takes time to do all this at the end well you know it's kind of funny the first thing is um, a uh, lighten up um, (laughs) b get over yourself and c recognize that energy fuels energy and Recognition and reward is the fuel of performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure all of us are going to just give our very best and even 130% for the check at the end of the week. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, a, a check is nice, but a check doesn't right. fulfill me from a purpose right. standpoint. And I read a statistic this this week um, that essentially said to the employees of, I think it was Continental Airlines, a pizza party when the gate agents met their timing criteria Mm -hmm. or cash handed to them meant more than a a raise or a promotion Mm -hmm. uh, because of the personal and immediate touch of something as, as simple as that. And so I wonder as we have uh, anything that you do as a leader, what's your personal touch? You know Is it something as simple as, hey, you know what the, the ten dollars of the week award goes to. Mm-hmm. And so you know that particular thing is is so key to recognizing, stopping, fueling the tank back up realizing and going back through what the team has done for you and and celebrating i mean good grief man there's enough work to be done can't we just pause give me a five minute break a 10 minute break 30 minute break and just you know what let's let's party let's celebrate and and recognize it otherwise your culture really derails uh derides into a what have you done for me lately yeah culture and that just ends up being hollow well and it reminds me too of uh, you know, Ken Blanchard
0: and One Minute Manager on kind of the the one minute uh, praise, right? And actually, hey, I want to try to catch somebody doing something right, yeah. doing something well. Yeah, you know, and that doesn't take long.
1: Yeah, yeah it's it's positive reinforcement, right. Uh, right? You know, it's back to the the yeah. whole uh, Pavlovian response uh-huh. thing. Yeah. We want positive reinforcement, yeah. and and that comes into this this chapter is just taking a minute, recognizing and rewarding. What can we celebrate? And mm-hmm. and you know, some of those celebrations and looking back in it as I built it into that chapter mm-hmm. are. Um, We celebrate that we survived. We celebrate that we finished. Yeah, and uh, and and those are some key pieces
0: Well, and it's it's certainly celebration is a piece of it, but it's really the bigger concept of the chapter is payoff, right and accomplishment Yeah. and what you do with that So there's what you do that for yourself as a leader, right? And there's what you're doing, you know to spark and facilitate that with the team. So I mean, let's start with personal, right? Yeah Yeah. Uh, What do you do? How do you really maximize? This payoff,
1: this accomplishment moment. Mm. You know, the first thing I think that uh, that leaders need to do is kind of have written goals and written expectations. And then, once you kind of dream a little bit and you have some of those expectations, then when you meet those expectations, it builds confidence and credibility. Mm-hmm. And so, essentially, because I did this and I tackled this, now it gives me courage, confidence, credibility to to go chase something else bigger, better, further, faster. Mm -hmm. And until I look back at the wins along the way, do I really... Because here's the deal, doubt becomes prolific. So courage is not the absence of fear, courage is action in the midst of fear. So courage, where am I going to get that courage? I'm going to get that courage by looking back at little trophies on the wall, if you will. I'm not talking about trophies for participating. I'm talking about trophies (laughs) for actually getting some stuff done. And I'm going to say, you know what? I did this. I did that. I did this. You know what? I can tackle this particular thing right here. And I think that that goes back to you know, even the old... uh, the old stories, right, and in, in, in the old Sunday school way back in the day when you're learning the little lessons and, and King David and, and, and the story of, you know, David versus Goliath. Well, how are you going to face your organizational Goliaths mm-hmm. if you don't go back to that, that story that essentially said David was this little shepherd, you know, garter growing up and, and, and when a When a wolf would come attack, you know, he fought the wolf, killed the wolf. When a bear would come attack, he fought the bear, killed the bear. When the lion came... and So, what is that? Incremental giant slaying. Yeah. Because don't think that that wolf wasn't a giant to him at that time, or the bear wasn't a giant to him at that time, or the lion wasn't a giant to him at the time. And so what he does is that consistent building of the confidence. He looked up at that then 9-foot, 10-foot giant and went... Who are you? Mm -hmm. I've already been through three other giants in my life. You're Mm -hmm. gonna fall like the other three. And so that confidence and that exuded credibility and the recognition of where we've been in the past and what we're going, gives you that sense of, I can take this on, I can do this. And as leaders, I wanna encourage you, our people need it and you need to be able to look back at those times when you're in the lowest of the low and you need to be able to pull yourself out of your own pity party, if you will, and your own lack of confidence and go, you know what, I built a track record, I've been there, done that, got the scars, got the t-shirt, whatever you want to say, and I'm ready to tackle the new challenge.
0: You know, a nuance, you kind of mentioned there, but I think it's so important and that is, when, it's it's always great when you accomplish anything, right? Yeah. I mean, hey, we. so many of us are like, yes, bring it on. <laughs> We're human, right? We love that. But when you accomplish what you intended to accomplish, right? There's a different feeling to that. You know, I'll give you an example because I reference it uh, all the time. When I was wooing my now wife, <laughs> uh, you know, I uh, back to I, chasing things right. from the last chapter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was certainly chasing things out of my. As uh, I was told when we got engaged, you really uh, outkicked your punk coverage on this one. So uh, been told
1: that myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: But so what? You know, I was. In, in barely minimum wage days, I needed to buy this woman a, a ring, and I had <laughs> zero money. Right. So I was like, "What am I going to do?" And I was like, "I play guitar. I could teach guitar. Um, I could teach guitar at church. I could teach a guitar class at church." Right. Okay. I could charge. I think I charged ten bucks for an hour. Yeah. But I got like ten people. Right. So it was like every week, you know, and at the uh, a hundred bucks, hundred bucks, hundred bucks. Well, eventually all the stars aligned, I save that cash and I could go buy a ring. Okay. Yeah. Now, that's so minuscule, but what's that that's done for me since was that's exactly what I set out to do. Right. I created something to make that happen. Right. It was very entrepreneurial. Yeah. It leveraged my strengths. When I was you had your with
1: burled it, arch. Yes. You had your burled arch. Yeah. Win the princess, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then uh, in winning the princess, then you had some checkpoints. Yeah. And one of those checkpoints was Getting the ring. Yeah. And so then you set out in the standard race methodology, all right, I need to get ready. Well, what's ready? Ready is doing what I can Mm -hmm. in the midst of and, and what can I do versus what are the thousand things I can't do. Then you put those checkpoints into place, those actionable steps to be able to reach that. Yeah. And it's all about process. But if you didn't have the pull and the purpose and the passion for the princess, right. would you have ever done what was needed to be able to get yeah, there? Yeah, and probably
0: not, but uh, I can remember buying that ring and specifically knowing I accomplished this because I specifically set out to accomplish it. Yeah. you know, Which is a great feeling. So again, a meandering story, but uh, uh, a certain, you know, to me, I think that's a really strong thing. And maybe that's something as leaders, when we're celebrating people, We can celebrate, you know, you set out to do this and you did it. Right. You know, it's not like
1: it just happened accidentally. I love calling attention to it. How many of you thought that this was crazy when we started? Yeah. How many of you couldn't, you you said, we we never even imagined we would have hit this stretch Mm -hmm. goal. And yet, then, what that does is that builds everybody's confidence that, number one, no, uh, Chris is not crazy. Um, If we (laughs) stretched just before, he must see and believe in us to the point that we can do that again. Yeah,
0: no. So it's, you know, as you're talking through this, it's it's a time of reflection. It's a time of not just recognition in terms of, hey, I'm recognizing you for something great, but maybe me personally, I'm recognizing something about myself or yeah. the situation. And you, you mentioned something as we were preparing for it, I did, it, it was a boxer
1: quote. Yeah. Uh, share that with the, with the audience here. Well, the, the boxing quote is that champions, Aren't made in the ring. Yeah, champions are only recognized in the ring. Champions are made in the dark of the night at 5 a.m. when they're doing their running, when they're doing their thousand speed bags, when they're doing their the Larry Bird taking a thousand free throw shots, or all of that. That that hidden in the dark of night sweat activity. Mm-hmm. That's where you're made a champion. Mm-hmm. So. The celebratory piece is finally when all of that hard work pays off, and we can collectively reward the diligence and the dailies, mm-hmm. so that we can see that ultimate finished product. Yeah, and it's taking the time
0: to celebrate the fact that you went through that yourself. Yeah. You know, I think of marathoners, and I, you know, I'm sure you have friends who have been crazy enough to try that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not one of them, uh, but. I've seen people who are in worse shape than I am decide they're going to go run a marathon. They right. do it. Right. They celebrate it. But almost uh, the vast majority of them are eager to start training again and do it again. They want to push further. And it's interesting how it, get it's get that it's adrenaline bump. Yeah. It's
1: an addiction. Yeah. And you get that hit and yeah. you, you want another hit. Yeah.
0: yeah. But yeah. I think part of it is if you go through all the work and you don't take time to celebrate, and recognize that, what you did, yeah. it's, it's hard to get back in the ring. Yeah,
1: I mean, imagine if I'm a leader, right, and, and you just ran a marathon. I'm like, man, that was awesome. Okay, let's run another one. Yeah. I think you could do that better. Let's go back into... And so I'm a big fan of celebrating, and even at those checkpoints, man, let's just take some time and celebrate before we put in... And, and I'm, I talk about checkpoints, I talk about evolution, probably mm-hmm. talked about this on, the, on, the, on that particular podcast, but can we celebrate the win, mm-hmm. wait a few days, and then do the corrective action report on what we get done better. Mm-hmm. When you say, good job, and somebody says, Brett, that was a great job, but, I mean, aren't you always waiting for the butt to drop? Mm-hmm. And so when you're waiting for that negative feedback to come in, then really, how do you know what's affirmation and what's punishment? You were good, but you could have. there's always room for improvement Mm -hmm. can we just stop and have a little bit of an awards banquet where we Mm -hmm. celebrate the performance of the team to this point recognize reward, give accolades, recognize them in front, you know, you, it has to be appropriate to the person. Right. Um, you know, the biggest introvert, we don't want to bring them on stage in front of 2,500 people and mm-hmm. recognize them, they'll never right. perform well again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> don't, I don't want to be in the midst of, you know, the, yeah. this company's annual celebration because I don't want to go on stage. I'm too weirded out about that, but that that you have to reward them according to how they want to be rewarded. Yeah. Um, that's Motivation
0: 101. Yeah. So, you know, part of of this, too, of the reflection and the recognition is, you know, it's not always, like you said, there's corrective actions or how would you do it better next time. Yeah. It's not all about celebration, you know, uh, but how
1: do you do that in a way that still motivates you? Hmm. Well, um, so when we celebrate the wins... We document the wins, we we sit in that. But then when there comes time and there's a right time to, mm-hmm. to go back through it. And in the chapter I put about okay, here look, here's all the things that went wrong uh, in in my running of the sled, you know, according to my character in the in the book and went through a lot of adversity. We went through this, we went through that. Yeah, oh yeah, man, that hurt. Oh yeah, well, that kind of that kind of took a hit too. And man, I'm still kind of creaky and sore about. And you remember kind of all the hits you took along the way. And then one of the things that, uh, and I'm glad you asked this question, uh, one of the things that I have to ask myself is, are these, are, are these situations I went through, are any of them self-imposed? Hmm. Yeah, man, I really messed that up. Man, that hurt. You know what? That was friendly fire. I did it to myself. (laughs) And so I can't blame others. If if This is my behavior that contributed to this particular thing. I've got to know in that run where where this particular pain was Mm self-inflicted. And if it's self-inflicted, then I improved the system, that continuous improvement process-oriented improvement can come into uh, what the Japanese term is kaizen, mm-hmm. kaizen, and so when we're looking for those particular pieces, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that those are interesting. What lessons, what did I think was going to happen, what actually happened, mm-hmm. and was that because I made a, wrong assumptions? Was that because we didn't have the right performance? Was that because, you know, uh, something hit us sideways? Um, you had a team member dropout, you had a team member, you know, family emergency, any of that stuff that can come in and kind of hit mm-hmm. you broadside. Um, so really delineating all of that and getting into what we can do better, um, what we failed to predict, um, you know, what was an anomaly, uh, anomalous behavior, and then ultimately, how do we get the system better? No plan, no battle plan survives the first bullet. Mm. We have to be great at change. So then if we don't learn the lessons of change, we're doomed to repeat the failure and the feelings. Yeah. And so that's, that's really you know, the lessons learned. What did you learn? What did you take away? And I love, as a leader, asking my people what they learned and took away because then I'm seeing not only did you experience the pain, but did you learn the lesson? Oh, I learned I'll never do that again. That's not the lesson I'm looking for you to learn. I'm looking for you to learn the causality of it mm-hmm. and what you can do different in the lessons. Um, I don't wanna, I'm not going to browbeat you so you re-feel the pain of a failure. Right. I want you to learn the lesson why? So you can hopefully not re- continue to repeat mm-hmm. mistakes that are preventable.
0: Yeah, I like this idea too. there's this there's a certain separation between the results and the accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, that is what it is, right. Yeah, we did it, We didn't do it whatever, but still we're here. And then whether the results were great or maybe they weren't great, maybe it doesn't matter in terms of what did we learn, right? you know, and that really being this, the separate thing of, hey, regardless, we're going to get better. Right. You know, and I think that's what a great spirit that is to to have with a team. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So you know, the other part of this that you kind of speak to and you have different characters, you know, that are are celebrated or recognized during this chapter yeah. for different things. You've got Jason, you've got Gary, you've got all kinds of things going on. But the other side of this there are scars and adversity. Um, And you you mentioned those as we were preparing for the show, but there's a piece that's, uh, you know, let's recognize what are the scars, what was the adversity that we had faced or overcame. Right. Yeah. So, you know, what are your tips to people listening on, here's how you really kind of dig into that area, because most of us don't want to go there.
1: Yeah. Again, back to the lessons learned, Mm -hmm. Um, where am I contributing to my own pain? Mm. Um, Rule number one of uh, how to get out of a hole. Mm. Stop digging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so where I am my own worst enemy, where I'm making repetitively poor choices, mm-hmm. um, I got I to gotta stop that behavior. Yeah. Um, where I'm over-assuming, um, you know, back to the whole aspect of it's your team, you can't um, complain about what you permit. Right. The longer I allow something to go on, the more I... Here's another way to say that you actually endorse what you allow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You endorse what you allow. So if I'm allowing behavior to go on and I don't address it, I'm not doing something about it, well, guess what? Repetition is the standard piece. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Mm -hmm. So we've got to make sure that where we're doing, we're not doing the right things, that we make those adjustments. But at the same point, um, you know, I don't believe that we'll ever get as good as we need to be um, without some deep adversity. Mm. Um, would, would Coke and Pepsi ever really have been as good if they didn't have each other? (laughs) Think about the, 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 the burger wars, right? McDonald's and Burger King. Mm -hmm. Think about, um, Apple and Microsoft, or think about, I mean, all of the, all of these champions, you know, the, the the rumble in the jungle with Ali yeah. and, and Frazier, wouldn't yeah. it? So yeah. w- would the champion ever have been the champion without that deep nemesis? Think about DC and Marvel Comics, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting here thinking about Starbucks versus Dunkin' Donuts or so, you know, yeah. I mean when you're thinking about all of these Ford versus GM, right? It, it, unless we have that adversity, that adversary, mm-hmm. don't adversaries pull more out of us? Mm-hmm. Than, than, than without it. Yeah. And so I think we're never really truly known as much as we are in adversity. Yeah. And I say all the time, adversity doesn't um, make you. Adversity reveals you. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really great way to look into what's going on. Yeah. Um, the old saying is, it's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. Yeah. And what does that mean? What, what, what did I find out about myself on the trail? And, and, and what am I telling myself? What, where, where are these messages maybe refuting and, and, and affirming? And so those are just, it's, it's great to look back at the adversity and see what it taught me and what I do different next time to make sure that it's, uh, it's lessons learned and performance improvement. Mm-hmm. Well, and
0: kind of to your point, uh, there's, there's no hero without a villain, right? Yeah. I mean, So there's there's when these opportunities come up, when these adversities come up, we have to look at that and say, okay, this is, you know, this is my opportunity to yeah. really turn this into something. So I think that's <laughs> awesome. Um, you know, kind of taking this to the the personal side, and you, I, I believe it was Gary. Uh, in the chapter,
1: yeah, but Gary had a lot going on in his
0: personal life, and yeah, you don't know that till the end. Yeah, but it kind of just comes out. Yeah, which does. can happen, right? Yeah. When you accomplish something, when you endure something, when you overcome something, um, and as a leader, one that might be happening to you personally, but also you have to be aware of that. Uh, you have to be aware that there's so much going on that you're not aware of. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, how do you, as a leader, uh, deal with that? How do you, I don't know, facilitate it, nurture it, to make room
1: for it? Yeah. Well, the carry uh, the character, Gary, in the book, one of the things I did was um, I had him, his entrance to the whole story was in this very cashmere uh, overcoat, very buttoned up, very formal, you know, got it all together, looked like he could have arrived by private plane yeah. um, type of a guy. And ultimately, at the end, you know, um, he, he pulled some pretty crafty veteran moves, um, and, and I put it in there. You know, it's nice mm-hmm. um, to, to be able to, at some point, have an old dog teach the young dogs a couple of new tricks. Yeah. And if you've ever seen anybody finish a race, how many of these marathoners and race runners just fall to the ground at the end of that race? Mm-hmm. Why? Because they left all of it on the trail, mm-hmm. and they are rung completely out. Well, in the midst of all of this, then, then the character Gary starts to, to break and just essentially um, gets real choked up and really starts to tear up. And, 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 and here's the piece. Um, Gary's a character that I've met many, many times. Character, Gary's probably a character that I've actually been at times and to where I didn't necessarily have the balance in my life and, and I was neglecting the personal life for the sake of the professional life. Only to have the personal life bleed into the professional life Mm. and then affect it. Mm. And if you don't live this stuff right, the pain of believing as leaders and providers in our house that this role of provider, this role of, of being the human doing outweighs the role of the human being. And ultimately, my heart is... I want to make better leaders. Number one, because leaders are burning out and it's nasty to be a leader at times and it has a heavy burden. And then secondarily, there are a whole bunch of people that report to leaders that if the leader was better, maybe that life Contribution is better. Yeah. But in Gary's life, essentially, he had gone through uh, a divorce or a couple of things, and essentially, he was he was about to get kicked out again, and he was he was dealing with some problems, and his performance was slacking, and all of life lived out of kilter mm-hmm. was coming back at him, and and essentially, you know, he had in this particular instance in the story, he had a brother that said, "Look, I need to get you away." And and you need to go level set, reset. And and I want to encourage leaders, if you're at a place of burnout right now and you're really a, you know, I was listening to uh, uh, a speaker. um, I was doing an event for um, Kellogg Alumni Association a couple Saturdays back. And one of the speakers was from Bain. And their research indicates that the heaviest performers, the heaviest contributors, need probably every so often a two to six month sabbatical. What a concept. Mm-hmm. And for the smartest of, I mean, when you talk about you know, the most intense, you know, the Boston Consulting, the, the, you know, the, the Baines of the world, the McKinsey's of the world, mm-hmm. for them to say the best performers need a break, wow. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I just want to encourage you as a leader, you got to find a way to get a little bit of that break or it'll break yeah. you. and uh, and and that's my concern Uh, when we're when we're passionate we're all inners it's a it's a key piece you got to stay fresh and and it's not worth you you know essentially um, killing yourself to reach that particular piece well and one of the things that's come up
0: from the very beginning in this podcast that you've brought it up is is the concept of what you're doing as a leader can easily trickle into your team's personal lives family lives they take it home you know I mean it has yeah. that potential and so just being aware of that and one of the quotes at the end of this chapter says that great leaders are concerned about their positive influence their legacy yeah now legacy is a big word it's one that big uh, word big yeah. word huge and we like to uh we like to say it
1: we like to toss it around we like to think we understand what it means but I mean what is it to you well, legacy is different. You know, some people really, like I got a challenge this week when I was in Indiana. I got challenged by a guy that said, I just don't, legacy what other people say about me. Um, I don't have to worry about that. And I'm like, if you want them to say what you want them to say, you do actually have to worry about it. Mm. Um, Otherwise, you know, it becomes your legend, stories told about you. Mm -hmm. But if I architect my desired life and my desired tombstone before I ever get there, Mm -hmm. if I'm intentional about my life, this is what I want said about me, this is how I want to live my life, then if I live according to that desire, then ultimately I won't have to worry about what people say when I'm gone. You say, well, you're not going to worry about what people say when you're gone because you're in fact Gone. Yeah. Um, right. But but to me, it's important to be able to say. Um, that at the end of the day I was a value-added person Man, I lit it up and I got a lot of stuff done in this world and what do you mean by that well I mean I impacted a lot of people and I left the world better than I found it and I and so all of that legacy minded not legend minded Mm -hmm. not some glory-filled let me tell you about I'm not talking about that I'm talking about the the ability to be a living legacy what does that mean humans people will then recall my impact instead of somebody recall yeah, he made a lot of money, he did it. you know that's yeah. not what we're talking about. We're talking about that living legacy that made other people better yeah. uh, stronger, deeper than 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 and you go, you know what I, I just I, I'm glad I met that guy. I, I'm glad I met that leader. I'm glad I met that woman and, and and I'm better because of this particular person. Is there any greater impact than we essentially give our lives for those around us. Mm -hmm. We serve as leaders to be able to make others better, not bitter, not stressed, not... We make them better, and as a result, they lead their families better. They inspire their children to be better, and the legacy play is generations to come Mm -hmm. probably have you to thank. You can't control your ancestry, but you can control the legacy that you leave down line. Yeah. Well, and, you know...
0: Thinking of legacy, and you can think of it like you said, saying, Well, that happens after I'm gone, you know, so what about it? But we're fans of uh, baseball analogies on this show, so you think <laughs> of a pitcher, yeah, right, follow through, right, right. Well, now, technically, you could sit there and say, Once I let go of the ball, I, I mean, there's no other influence I have over that. Same
1: thing in almost any sport, right? Yeah. It's
0: all about the follow through, right? But if I don't think about following through, yeah, my arm's actually not going to do what it needs to do. While I do have the ball, yeah. I mean, it's impossible to separate the two. Yep. So they are linked, and so thinking of legacy—if I want my life now to be a certain way—one of the best ways to
1: impact it is think about what's it going to be, you know, when I'm not here with my follow through. Had a leader of mine, um, and and uh, t- essentially tell me uh, Fuller, you are not a success until you have a successor. You are a leadership oh. failure. If the organization that you lead ever hurts and hiccups after you've left, you may have been a fantastic individual contributor, but you are a leadership failure. Mm. Man. (laughs) That one hurt. Yeah. You can hear the crickets on that one. (laughs) And it hurt because I got my ego strokes from being the best on the team, not leaving the best team after I was exiting mm-hmm. and he said your talent will take you away from my organization mm-hmm. and I will wish I would have never met you because you don't have a strong leadership bench ready to replace you Wow that's that's very strong you know your
0: checkpoints that you have at the end of each of your chapters one of the things that was mentioned there uh, was something I think we have to keep in mind and we're kind of relating to it and we'll wrap with this but that is people find themselves on the trail so if I liken this to my team, either yeah. people, my coworkers that I'm working with, my colleagues, people I'm leading, uh, recognizing that in the midst of whatever it is we're doing on the trail, yeah. I'm around people who are finding themselves. Oh, wow. Yeah. you know. Yeah,
1: welcome to humanity. None of right. us have it figured out. Yeah, yeah. we're all well,
0: on our own journeys. And and having to, to take account for that, again, setting expectations, saying as a leader of a team, that's part of the job, right? Is, yeah. Is, letting that happen yeah yeah awesome well again another great chapter we are uh, i think we might have one more th- uh, kind of a wrap-up chapter we're going to talk about from the book but really a great one here and i think this one people who who apply what we talked about today this really separates um the men from the boys, I think, or, or the the people who who really want to take leadership to a really high level, yeah, are get really focused on this part of it. Because I see a lot of otherwise great leaders who kind of just this part kind of fades away. Yeah. Uh, so I want to encourage everyone to whatever the the couple huge takeaways were for you, go do something with them. Um, and as always, join us on. Uh, at influenceleadership.com. I'm sitting here, I'm still marinating on this as well. On <laughs> that last
1: hit? uh uh-huh, yeah. I was like, oh, what'd you just say there?
0: Um, but yeah, definitely if you haven't been to leadership.com or maybe you have, uh, we still want you to come on over. Uh, Learn about Chris, learn about the work he's doing, the work his team's doing at Influence Leadership. Yeah, shoot me an uh, email
1: or, or anything that I can do, Chris at InfluenceLeadership.com, info at InfluenceLeadership.com. Let me know that, uh, that if something I've said has impacted you or, or how I can help or, or what we can do to, to partner with you deeper and maybe encourage you some way along the road.
0: Yeah, that's great. And even if there's something you want a topic maybe for us to talk about in a future episode. Awesome. so we would yeah. love to get that input. Uh, so bring that on. You know, one tool we haven't mentioned. Two is uh, uh, the iPhone app that you have for I leadership, yeah. yeah, and which it is just iPhone right now. But it's a, a, i it, I'll let you explain. It. It's a handy. I've got it on mine. It's a handy little tool just to have, <laughs> yeah. you know.
1: It's like a little virtual deck of cards yeah. and little quippy one liners and little things, and you can sit there and throw the cards left or right and kind of get to some little points. And maybe you just need a little bit of an inspiration, a little bit of a hit, or a little bit of a reminder. Um, I did a Rod Leadership is the app name. Yeah. And it's in the Apple, uh, it's free. Yeah. Um, it's like the podcast, it's free. And, and, uh, and just go in, have a little fun, and, and try it out.
0: Excellent. So we're so glad you were with us today. We certainly would love to hear from you, as Chris mentioned, to email us. Uh, but also if you'd leave a review and a rating, uh, that certainly uh, charges us and helps us uh, spread this podcast to others like you who appreciate some really strong, practical uh, leadership training, leadership guidance. And, uh,
1: again, we're so glad that you've been with us today. Uh, Chris, final word. Uh, you know, the final word is um, is really um Let's lead this thing right, um, and, and my concern is as much about the people and the process. And mm-hmm. so, um, I'm a real big fan of the and culture. It's about results and relationship. It's about leader and follower. It's about organizational success and customer satisfaction. I mean, it's it's there's an and to mm. all of this. And so, um, to end with the and uh, today is just that, um, and you're good enough. And celebrate. And thank you for leading. And there's just so many different things of the genius of the and to just say, you know what? And another day is going to come and another challenge is going to come and another opportunity is going to come in. And, and just my belief in leaders, um, you guys are doing as best as you can. I believe in your potential, believe in, in what you're doing. And if there's ever a way that I can serve you, please reach out and let me serve you. Let me help you get to your dream. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Influence Leadership Podcast.